This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. struggle to try to do the right things, but you don't do those things. You see, we have a dual nature within us. Even as Christians, we have a dual nature. It's not, okay, I'm a Christian, and I'm not prone to sin. Well, I'm super Christian. I am so righteous, so holy. (laughs) Yeah, God is going to humble you big time. We have this dual nature within us, and they're at war against each other, and they always will be at war against each other. Because you see, man is flesh, and God is spirit. When reading some of Paul's deeper thoughts regarding the nature of sin and the flesh, we often end up with more questions. What seems to come across as riddles or circular reasoning are actually some of the most profound portions of his letter to Rome. In today's message, Pastor Eddie continues to teach us about the constant battle between the Spirit of God and our sinful flesh. In our study, we gain a better understanding of the struggle of doing what we shouldn't and not doing what we should. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in Romans chapter 7 for today's edition of Running the Race. Verse 15 says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. Here it is. For what I will to do, That I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. Boy, how many of us can relate to this here? Every single one of us. As a matter of fact, if I was asked everyone here to show of hands, you know, I don't want to embarrass the person who doesn't want to raise their hand. (laughs) You know what I mean? But let's say if I ask, let's all raise their hands. If you could agree with this, you could relate with this passage where Paul is saying, you'll be like Arnold Horshack from Welcome Back Carter. Oh, 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 yeah, that's me, preacher, preacher. That's how we'll be, because we could relate with this. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. And again, I just love Paul because he is honest enough to admit it, to share it in his letter to the believers in Rome. Paul knows, remember, we study how he said, if, he didn't, if it wasn't for the law, how would he know not to covet? He used that out of all the commandments, he used not to covet. Why? Out of all the commandments, that is the only covenant that's internal. Covet is not something exposed. Maybe somebody may reveal that from within, but there are people who covet. They may not even say a word. Out of all the commandments, that shall not steal. You could find it. That's outwardly. Anybody could see that. That could be exposed. That's an outward action. Thou shalt not murder. That's an outward action. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, thou shalt not, well, that too could be, it takes two, right? Thou shalt not covet. That's inside. So Paul knew, he said, you know, until I read that one, that one hit me the hardest. And I realized it's something deep within. It's not works. It's not exterior. Anything we do exteriorly is something deep within. And so in the same way here, he admits that, hey, listen, the things that I should be doing, the good thing, I don't understand myself is what he's saying. I don't understand myself. Here's a scholar. 
Here's a man of age who has been experienced in life, who is a scholar for many years, and now he's spent time in the Lord. He said, I really don't understand myself, and I thank God that he has, when you read Paul's letter, he will say, have I reached it? No, I have not reached the mark. People say, oh, there's a certain level of spirituality. Oh, I've been in the body of Christ for so long. I've been in ministry 50 years, and they think they reached into it, and that's the, that's the problem. I don't care if you're 100 years in the ministry. You still need to study the Bible. You still need to read. You still need to spend time with the Lord. And Paul knows at all this time, he said, I don't understand myself. I want to do the right things, but I don't do the right things. Instead, I do the wrong things, those things that I hate, those things that I know it offends God. And I definitely understand and can relate with that, and I believe we all can agree with that. Paul here, what he's talking about. Paul is talking about the struggle between the spirit and the flesh. It is a struggle between the spirit and the flesh. And that's a battle that will be ongoing until when? When would it stop? When would that struggle stop in your life? It'll stop, not the struggle, but struggles. If there's a particular struggle, then you really need to seek the Lord in that. And hopefully, you know, it's not that habitual sin where you continue on, continue, you're playing games with God. I'm talking about sins in general. We fall all the time, and we struggle all the time. When would that stop? When would it stop, Pastor Eddie? You know when it'll stop? When you stand before the Lord in glory. He who has begun a good work in you will complete until the day of Christ. That's when it will stop. So as long as you're a Christian, you're going to struggle with these things. You're going to struggle to try to do the right things, but you don't do those things. You see, we have a dual nature within us. Even as Christians, we have a dual nature. It's not, okay, I'm a Christian, and I'm not prone to sin. Well, I'm super Christian. I am so righteous, so holy. (laughs) Yeah, God is going to humble you big time. We have this dual nature within us, and they're at war against each other, and they always will be at war against each other. Because you see, man is flesh, and God is spirit. We are flesh, and God is spirit. You see, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman there by the well in John chapter 4, verse 24, he says, God is what? Spirit. And those who worship must worship him in spirit and in truth. We pray in the spirit. Our relationship with God is spiritual. God is spirit, we of the flesh. So your spirit needs to do the right things, but your flesh is saying, listen, you're just too tired. You're busy. You got no time for God. You got no time for church. You got no time for prayer meetings. You got no time to, for devotion. It's a struggle. And so we are of the flesh trying to serve a holy, mighty, spiritual God. And so we have this ongoing battle within us. First Peter, Peter writes in his letter, First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, that's in this world, abstain from fleshly lusts, which wars against the soul. We're sojourners in this land. When you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, you're no longer resident here. Your, res- your residency is up in heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. You're just passing by. But abstain from love. It's a battle. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. Paul wrote to the church of Galatia. He said, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Sounds familiar? Paul is still echoing the same what was me or that this same problem here in Romans chapter 7 he is writing almost the same thing to the believers in Galatia 
Why? Because he knows. Listen, I've been there, done that. I thought I was holy. I thought I did this outward works. I was a Pharisee, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I know the law. I was blameless. I sacrificed and I killed it, crucified the church. But even in his letter, not only in Rome, you see it kind of echoes and parallels here in, in Galatia. So the question is, why is it so, so hard, so, so hard for us to do the right things? We know the right things to do. We have the scriptures in us. We even have this moral compass within us to know that, even if you never studied the Bible, that to kill someone, it's a sin. Why do we, we know the right things, but we don't often do it? The problem is that, here it is, we try to do things in our own strength, in our own power, and in the flesh. That is the reason. When you separate the two, you'll find that apart from Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. But with Jesus Christ, I can do all things. Perfect example. Here's an example, illustration. After I finish eating a nice, juicy cheeseburger, right? Just finish eating the nicest, juicy cheeseburger right there. In my mind, I know I should refrain from a second cheeseburger. That's my mind. I know it's not right. It tastes good. And my flesh is saying, come on. You can do it, Ed. Come on, one more cheeseburger. You can do it. Mine say, listen, Ed, you're short. And when, that, when you eat, it doesn't go vertically. It goes horizontally. And I'm saying to myself, okay, but what happened? The flesh wants me to get a second cheeseburger. I know the right thing to do and the healthy, you know, it's just one is good enough. Have a couple of chips maybe, even not even that, a couple of carrot sticks. I don't know. I already said I'm a meatitarian, I'm not a vegetarian, I'm sorry. But that's perfect. You get the idea, the battle, the struggle will always be there. We know the right things to do, but we don't do it. We don't do it. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Verse 16, if then, if then I do what I will not to do, I agree. And I think all of us could agree with the law that it is good. What is he saying here? If we know that what we're doing is wrong, then that proves the case that we, we can all agree that the law is good. The law is good. It's telling us not to do the wrong things. It's good. You know. But you, we still do it. Verse 17. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. You know, listen to this. You are not sinners because you sin. You are not sinners because you sin, but rather we sin because we're sinners. It's already in us. We were born of the flesh. We are carnal. And that's what struggles. It's foreign to the body. When you accepted Jesus Christ, like, wow, whole new life. That's why you felt good. Because it was so powerful that even your flesh to say, oh boy, here we go. 
We're going to have a battle until, you know, either he gives in to us, the flesh is saying, or, you know, he's going to battle us all the way to heaven. We are not sinners because we sin, but rather we sin because we are sin, And that's because of human depravity. That is because we are morally corrupt. That is because we are wicked. We are all born of sin. And many people don't realize that. We think we're all good. You know, again, don't, don't get me there. Definition of good. Your definition, my definition, or the scripture definition. We're all born of sin. The psalmist writes in Psalms 51 verse 5. And you should highlight this. We all know this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin, my mother conceived me. I was born in sin. So when we see a nice little beautiful baby, sin, born in sin. Where do we get it from? From Adam. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Oh, we need to underline that. We need to underline that. Nothing good dwells. The whole verse, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Nothing good dwells within me. You know, I even seen uh, Christians, and you see it all the time. And it's sad. It breaks my heart. I don't judge and condemn, bring judgment to condemnation, but judging of their fruit, based on their fruit. I see that they compromise their walk with the Lord. I see that they live just like the world. I see that they take advantage of God's grace. And then they'll say, well, you know, God knows my heart. God does know your heart. Indeed, he does know your heart. And you know what your heart is? Jeremiah says it best. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our hearts are corrupt. Who can know it? And people say, well, you don't know my heart. Well, I don't know your heart full detail. I don't know you personally. But I know your heart just like I know my heart. Jeremiah describes the 79. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 64 verse 6, he said, but we are all like unclean things and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Your righteousness, if you think you're doing right, there's nothing good that dwells in me. Paul says it. Our righteousness, that's the best that you can do. The best you've ever been. And if you look at yesterday's glory or a glory that you lived a month ago or a year ago when you remember that time when you were really close to the Lord, or if you got to look back that during those times, you live in yesterday's glory, there's a problem. You have backsliding. But let's say you do look back. If that was your best, if that was your best, is it's filthy rags, the best you can do. How many times we got we to stop thinking about ourselves, saints, it is not your righteousness, not my righteousness. It is his righteousness. Isn't it great that I know I'm as filthy rags, but I'm covered by the blood? Isn't it great that I am a misfit, I am a wretched, but I am saved by grace? Isn't it great that we're, there's nothing good in me, but, you know, God sees his son. That's the only good thing in me is Jesus Christ. It's not Eddie, no part of Eddie. It's Jesus Christ. So there's nothing good in me. And you want to know why at times we walk in, a, in our relationship with Christ? You want to know why we are oftentimes disappointed with ourselves? You're disappointed. We say, you want to know why? It's because you, me, all of us, we have, oh, we have a tendency to think 
that there's something good in me. There's something good in you. Don't believe. We live in a world where there are not just a bookshelf, aisles of better you to help yourself. Self, that's a section by itself. Any bookstore you go, self helps. It's big. And it ranges from anything and everything. And you get all these books to, you know, five steps to a better you. Ten steps to a better you. You go to conferences. There are a lot of conference goers. Every year, all your life as a Christian, you want to get that book or that tape or that, or that series. And if I could just get that series, I have made it right. Because I just need, a, I need help myself. I need this book to help me help myself. Christian for dummies, right? That's, that should be there. I mean, it probably is. I don't know. <laughs> you know, read the Bible. Now, now, please, I'm not trying to, but I'm including myself in this. I'm including myself in everything I teach. I include myself, and you know I do. But I want us to understand and get to the point to understand that there's nothing good in us. That is why we're disappointed with ourselves over and over again. We fail, we fail, because we try to do things in our own strength. What does Paul says? For they know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing, not some of the things. Oh, there's a few things. Nothing good dwells. Nothing. Paul is writing this letter in Rome. He's been saved. He's been shipwrecked. He's, he's been in prison. <laughs> he knows. He's been a Pharisee. He studied the scripture. He knows theology. He knows interpretation. He knows hermeneutics. He knows how to interpret the scriptures. And he's saying himself, he says, for I know in me there's nothing good that dwells. Or how I daily wish that we could die to ourselves so that what? He may live. John the Baptist said this. I must decrease, he must increase. Jesus said, he who seeks his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will what? Find it. We have this problem with self. And so when we depend on Jesus Christ, you will never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed if you depend on Christ. That's why Jesus seek the kingdom first and all his righteousness and all things will be added to you. But we want to get all things and try to seek God at the same time. It's not going to happen. But when we follow God and we depend on Christ and the Holy Spirit that's in us, rather than ourselves, we could boldly quote even scriptures like Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's when that verse comes in boldly in our lives because we depend on Jesus Christ. We don't depend on self. There's nothing good in us. I'm as filthy rags. I'm not knocking you down. We're going to get to the good point. When we get to chapter 8, okay? All right, it's a little, you know, it's a little therapy, right? You know, you got to prune the tree, right? Prune the bread. Take off those, you know, bad branches in our life. Let God just strip away those things, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. If it's conviction, praise the Lord, then you know. But if you want to beat me up, you're in the flesh. It's conviction. Praise the Lord. It's biblical. I'm in this with you. And this is, this is important for us to understand. This is Paul, the apostle, writing. So don't blame me, blame Paul. And Paul's going to say, blame the Holy Spirit, right? Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present within me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. No self helps. I do not find it. In other words, the desire to do good. Paul is saying the desire to do good is there, is winning. But how to perform it, I just cannot find the way to perform it. 
Remember, case in point, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to the Lord, praying to the Father, he was there with his disciples. And even less than an hour, just less than an hour, maybe 15, 20 minutes, Jesus found them all sleeping. Then he tells Peter in Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 and 41, he said, what? Really? That's another. That's today we say, really? Really, Peter? Could you not watch with me one hour? That's the least. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right there, Jesus just said it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so putting the two together, what Jesus had said and what Paul is in agreement, confirming what Jesus is saying. Jesus said the spirit is indeed willing. Paul just said here in this verse, he says, the will is present within me. The will to do is in me. Jesus said the spirit is indeed willing. Paul says the will is present within me. Jesus said the flesh is weak. Paul confirms it. He said, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. That's the flesh. How do I try to do it? Brackets in the flesh. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't do it in the flesh. Forget this mind over matter. Forget about all these things that people try to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all in the mind. I use that too. I bother my wife with that. Oh, it's cold. I don't want to raise up the heat. It's in the mind. Just kidding. No, we're not cheap with the heat at the house. But I always tell it. And then sometimes, guess what? I say, man, it's cold. She'll say, It's in the mind. Be careful what you say. (laughs) But that's not how it works with the Lord. If you're trying to do good on your own in the flesh, it's not going to work. You're going to be disappointed, saints. Don't do it in your own. It is through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and through him alone. Wouldn't it be better? Think about it. Would you want to save yourself or you want Jesus to save you? Would you want to handle the situation in your life, trials and tribulations, or do you want Jesus to do it for you? It's better than it's better with Jesus to take care of it, right? Perfect example. I go to Walmart and buy probably the best basketball that they have in the market. The best one, Spalding. I don't know, probably spend 40, 50, 60 bucks if they go for that much. I don't know. In my I take it out of the box. That basketball in my hand is worth how much I pay. As a matter of fact, it's probably less because I just took it out of the package, right? In my hands, is worth 40 bucks, 30 bucks, 20 bucks. But a basketball like that and someone like Michael Jordan is worth millions. You see the difference? It's worth millions. A baseball bat in my hand, eh, depending how much I pay for it, that's what it's going to cost. Because I trusted Eddie Pinero is 90% off. But someone like Derek Jeter, where he would use that, it would be worth millions. You see the difference? That's when you look at your situation and you try to do it in your own flesh, realize it's going to stink, value is going to go down. You're going to be disappointed. It's not going to happen. But when you leave it in God's hand, it's going to happen. It's going to be better. I'm We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been walking through the Book of Romans with us, teaching us the truth and values found in its pages. As we continue to learn along with the recipients of Paul's letter, we'll find that the gospel message is present and practical for everyday life. If you've been touched by today's teaching and would like to listen again, you can find it on runningtheraceradio.com. 
We also encourage you to subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. When you do, you'll have access to the latest teachings as soon as they're made available. You can also connect with us on social media, like our Facebook page to join the conversation and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Before our time with you today comes to an end, we'd like to take a moment and tell you how you can partner with us here at Running the Race. With more, here's Tracy. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting running the race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. That website one more time is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks again for joining us today. Join us again for another insightful edition of Running the Race.